0: Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show.
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money, that was peppy. DIY Money. Wow. DIY Money. What's going on with you, Daniel? What do you got on a docket for this summer? It's summer. It's summer. Pretty close to it. It's, it's pretty spring. much summer by the time. It's pretty
0: much summer. Airs probably summer.
1: What do you got on the docket for the summer?
0: Nothing. Nothing, Nothing? really yet. No. Nothing summer. Family
1: trips plans. Are you guys summer vacation people?
0: We're not usually summer vacation people. Uh, sometimes family will go see our family out of state, mm-hmm. um, which would be my in laws. Um, sometimes we do that all together. Sometimes just the wife and kids go. Uh, I think. They or we might be lining up something like that. But no, we don't do like the big summer vacations type of thing. We usually end up doing them in the spring or fall, something like that. So uh, how about you? Any
1: you know, we have our normal, uh, our normal swim schedule. Uh, it's important. My son, oldest, is going to be going into his junior year. He can officially start the recruitment process this summer. So we're going to try to hit up some schools that cool. he's kind of aligned with. I can't encourage parents enough, I have the opportunity, I intentionally uh, create the opportunity to have breakfast with my 16-year-old about once a week. We don't do it every week. We try to do it as weekly, as often as possible. And if you have kids out there that are at that age, you know, you, you just don't see them. And if they're active, if they're engaged, my son is you know, engaged in sports and school and work and friends. And I mean, you name it, he's he's just on the go. So you can easily as a parent after all these years be like, oh, finally you get a break, you know, because you're not having to do everything all the time. But pretty soon, and I'm seeing this with a lot of our friends, you wake up and they are gone. (laughs) They're gone. They're out of the house. So. I think you got to be intentional, and I have the opportunity of doing that with my son. Did that this morning. It's a nice. valuable, valuable time. Of course, he also has his permit, so he's driving uh, to and from these places with me in the car, which is
2: an adventure,
1: yeah, to say the least. That's fun. Don't
0: uh, look at me. Look at the people next to will Turn the wheel. cup of coffee for those guys. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. So uh, you know what else is fun? what that we have a sponsor jewel financial Mm. that's pretty fun uh what else is fun is that many of you out there who desire to have a deeper dive into your personal situation are going to that website jewelfinancial.com you are clicking on the schedule a meeting button and we're having a zoom now i do want to say a few things if you are out there and you are you know, you're listening to the show and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to start investing and I'm, I'm, you know, got some margin and I'm going to start down that path. This is why we do the show. We do the show for that reason. There are certain episodes probably in the early days or the back to basics that we started uh, the beginning of 2023 that I think you could review. I'm not saying a meeting isn't in your best interest. It might be, but we do get some people who basically want to just kind of talk about how to start an investment account and. It's probably not the best use of your time. It's probably not the best use of our time. So I'm trying to kind of ward that off a little bit, <laughs> or we'll have to take down that immediate way to schedule a meeting. <laughs> right. So you know, if you if you uh, if you want to uh, learn more about our firm and have a dialogue about you know again more in depth conversation about your personal affairs, that's a great opportunity. If you're looking to open a brokerage account and start buying a Vanguard S and P 500 fund, maybe just go back to a few episodes and um hopefully you can glean some insight from there all right we got a but but on another note we got mm. a good question today from rebecca rebecca is asking a little bit uh about what to do with when kind of the cup overfloweth if you will i like that the cup overfloweth so rebecca what do you got D-I-Y.
2: hey guys this is rebecca from new jersey i have a very good problem to have Currently I'm maxing out my traditional 401K with my employer and I'm maxing out my Roth IRA. And I have been doing both since 2017. My income and bonuses have been creeping up higher and higher to make it required that I max out my traditional 401K in order to keep my income below the income limits to even have a Roth IRA. Two questions. If I cross the income limit in 2023 due to getting bonuses or other side hustles, so midway through the year, what should I do? And two, should I be investing in another way, a different strategy? If it helps, I also have an HSA that I max out every year and have been since 2019. I haven't touched that money, so I also have another couple $10,000-ish saved up for retirement. I'm only 31, so I'm looking to hear your thoughts. Thank you.
1: <laughs> you know what? You're awesome. I mean, Rebecca. Wow. Fire. I heard I heard the term fire in an actual commercial the other day. Yep. Like in what sense? Uh, like this product fire. Like oh. the definite. I mean, it was weird. So you're cutting edge. Yeah. Yeah. Then I heard uh, some of those words used in another commercial kind of making fun of that generation, which I thought was funny as well. But nonetheless, anyways. So, Rebecca, that is fantastic. Um, And you're right. Great problem to have. We're going to address this. I'm going to address this on a couple of fronts. Let Daniel provide some additional color. Um, Ironically, and I forgot the intricacy of her question, but I'm going to kind of throw a selfish pitch in here. You're the type of person that should go on to jewelfinancial.com and click the, <laughs> click the meeting button. I, I mean, it, you're getting into an area here where there's value provided by an advisor. I, that's the only thing I'm going to say. If you choose not to, we're going to add some color, and you can research this stuff on your own. The first thing I, wanna say, I want to say, I picked up a little something you said in your comment from additional income. You said side hustle. If you are making additional monies outside of your W-2 income that is potentially pushing your overall income level above a situation where you're maxed out above a Roth, ironically, that opens you up to doing something in addition to the 401k that you're doing now, and you need to consult a tax advisor about this, or CFP, that is opening a SEP IRA. SEP stands for Simplified Employee Pension. I don't know why, because it's really nothing like that when we think of the definition pension. But for lack of a more intricate term, I will say it is a small business retirement plan. Meaning, if you have a side hustle going such as you're making money as a sole proprietor, you have the ability to set up another retirement account called a SEP IRA and potentially reduce the, quote, profit of that business that would then flow over to your 1040 and alleviate the ability for you to contribute to a Roth. Now, what's interesting about a SEP is it's one of the few retirement accounts that you can participate with in addition to your 401k. So that's something to consider. That's the first thing. It's a little more intricate than the second thing that I'm going to suggest, but it is something to consider. The second thing I'm going to suggest, and oh, by the way, in the first scenario, I'm assuming if you have a side hustle that you are using deductions that are fully available to you during that side hustle, such as your cell phone expense, transportation costs, et cetera, so that you're limiting those uh, taxable income dollars. The second thing I'm going to suggest, assuming you don't have an outside IRA anywhere, is looking into and considering what's called a backdoor Roth IRA. A backdoor Roth IRA is the ability to contribute to a traditional IRA because you're outside the income limits for the deduction, you're not going to get a deduction. You're going contib- to contribute what's called a non deductible contribution to an IRA. And after a certain period of time, you are going to roll that over or convert that to a Roth IRA. You're not going to pay taxes on it because there's no tax to pay on it. It was not, you didn't get the deduction. And you will find your way. You find yourself going into a raw through the back door. That's the second thing to consider. All of these things. This is why I'm saying, and I preface these are good things, conversations to have with an advisor, because all of these things take a little bit of intricacy to explore further to make sure they're appropriate. It's not just like, you know, oh, I'm, you know, on the fringe of the green. I need my pitching wedge, and the pitching wedge is right for everybody. No, not not at all you got to make sure that all the, the kind of ducks align. The third thing that I'll, I'll mention that a lot of people forget, we've talked about this regularly, and I'll just leave it here and let Daniel talk further about any one of these or anything else he has for that matter, is now just building up an investment account. Like, Do not forget the power of taking additional monies and building up for you a non-retirement account Because if you're doing all of these things you're saying at 31, you are not necessarily going to need to wait till 59 and a half to retire, to take money out of these things. So planning ahead by building up a non-retirement account to bridge the gap before you can get at these retirement funds may actually be the best use of your dollars.
0: What say you, Daniel? Yeah. Utilizing a non-retirement account often uh, can be very powerful for high earners and high savers because it really does allow you a lot of that flexibility. And I think often in the personal finance space, we talk so much about the retirement accounts that there's this common misconception that maxing that out is the best for everybody. And the fact is, it really depends on your goals. Uh, It depends on just... multiple facets of your plan about how much you really need there for your retirement years, and then what you might want available prior to that. So just keep that in mind. I think if you're really interested in uh, Roth savings, because you've kind of done the math on tax rate now versus tax rate later, and you think Roth location is is kind of the best way to go, uh, I would petition your employer to add a Roth to your 401k. I don't know how big your employer is, whether or not that would just fall upon deaf ears. But it's a good question. Why don't we have a Roth, you know, component to our 401k? Can we get that added to our 401k? If you're thinking about it, I'm sure other people are thinking about it as well or would appreciate having it. Uh, and it really shouldn't cost the employer anything, I don't think to add, you know, to have that option as part of it depending on who they're utilizing and and so forth. It's a little bit of record keeping and administration, but it's a feature that could be added. And maybe it's already there, but from your question, you said you had to use the tax deferred in order to then to get more money into the Roth. Um, however, by utilizing, once you're at that level of income, by maxing out a Roth 401k, you're actually getting more net dollars available for retirement in the future than you are maxing out a tax deferred 401k because you're putting in hundred percent after tax dollars or, uh, yeah, after tax dollars into the Roth, which will then be able to be withdrawn dollar for dollar in the future, Versus when you're putting money into a tax-deferred account, you then have to pay taxes on those in the future, so the net amount, if you're maxing out the account, is actually less on the tax-deferred side than the Roth side. So The Roth, once you get to the max levels, is actually much more advantageous. What
1: I'm trying to do in alignment with what Daniel just referred to is personally build up non-retirement accounts so that when I decide to step away from W-2 income, that will Probably be my first line of defense of using monies to supplement my income. By doing that, I control the tax liability. I control what my capital gains will be if I'm selling assets, if I'm using dividends, if I'm using interest, I control it. And the reason why that's important for me is because then I will have the ability to convert IRA money to Roth. At what should be a much lower tax bracket. So play this out with me, if you will. Let's say that you put up a significant amount of money into a non-retirement account. So it's just an investment account. You invest in the likes of the S&P 500, the NASDAQ, maybe some Berkshire Hathaway, whatever it may be. Low taxable dividend type investments, right? They're not paying a significant amount of dividends. I know I know the S P and the Nasdaq is, but they're they're not significant, so it's minimal. So the tax while you're investing in those assets, and oh by the way, you can find things that don't pay dividends at all. Again, Berkshire Hathaway gives you exposure to a tremendous amount of different businesses and they don't pay a dividend. Not a cent. So you're not gonna get a ten ninety nine at the end of the year. So that's a great option. Full disclosure, I own Berkshire Hathaway. But the point is is that you can invest for tax utilization while you're still working. So you do that. It grows over the years. And now all of a sudden you go, you know what? I'm 55. I've got five years to use this retirement account, but I have built up a sizable amount of money over here. So you go and you say, okay, I'm going to pull off a year's worth of income here. And yes, you might have to sell down and therefore pay long-term capital gains, but at least right now, the long-term capital gains tax rate is much lower than ordinary income, and you might not need as much, because hopefully you've paid things off, you don't have any debt, you may not need as much, so you find yourself, let's say, in a 10% or 12% tax bracket, which you've never been in, because you've been making good money, and so if you're in a 10 or 12% tax bracket, then you go, wow, I did the math, and I've got another 20 grand until I reach the next tax bracket so let's do a conversion i know i'm going down a rabbit hole i know i lost most of you but my point is rebecca you have options the tragedy however would not be exploring them all we see this a lot people get blinded into doing one thing and one thing only they don't explore all their options nine times out of ten because they not talked to anybody hopefully at minimum we've given you some insight of exploration You can take it from there. Great question. Absolute great question. We appreciate you sending that in. We'll send you a $25 Amazon gift card. Remember, friends, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do so wisely in the most appropriate place possible. And do it for a very long time. Make it a great one.